get me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, I am Mark Hershon, and welcome to Epi 56 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Sorry for the delay in dropping this latest installment. I had a hard drive crash out on me, and I've been scrambling to pull all my clips together again and retrieve all of the little bits and pieces that make up these episodes. We do have a brand new Henderson's Pants Spot this week, thanks to Engineer Joe and Bill Haywatt for pulling that together. And I've been talking to our booth announcer about getting back into the studio for a long-belated boozing with Bill, so hopefully that's going to happen soon. I just got back from a weird mini road trip with Dana Carvey and Larry Bubbles Brown, a comedian from San Francisco. We were in Medford, Oregon for one night and then Redding, California for a night. I was kind of the announcer slash biographer slash podcaster slash limo driver for this whirlwind trip, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, we did capture some of our chatter via audio, and I'll try and play that the next episode. But for this episode, I've got a bunch of clips, a burst o durst about the opening of the baseball season, and a few other things, including what has become of our weekly ritual, making sure that we clip Phil Lerness and Dean Haglin mentioning us, mentioning them, on them, on your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. That gets more confusing every time I do it, but I don't care. Here's the latest from them, which came up after a slight level flub on CHH Epi 308. The Chill Pack Hollywood Live Event of the Week. The Live Event of the Week. We were both busy fellers this weekend. Indeed. Yeah. I turned your mic down by accident there. Thanks uh, so I much. I apologize, Mark Hershon. <laughs> this is your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, as heard on Succotash. <laughs> Almost right. every week. Almost every week now. <laughs> there's, Mar- there's our... Uh, uh, you- shout out to Mark. To Mark Hershon. You opened the la- uh, Succotash Epi 55. Well, because I apologize, or I thanked him for the apology. apology. Yes. Yeah. And so that uh, then became the thank you for the apology of the apology for the screw up on the hilarity. You know, because I was late with this episode of Succotash, I thought maybe I was going to throw the whole rhythm of mutual mentions out, but... For the record, I did call Phil's voicemail last night to let them know I was dropping their clip into this episode, and I got a text back from Phil saying that the latest episode of CHH was pre-recorded, so it looks like uh, things may be back on track. We'll find out, but as far as I'm concerned, the onus is now on them, for better or worse, to continue things going. (laughs) That's horrible. Exactly, Phil. By the way, Phil and Dean are in production for a new movie called The Lady Killers. I don't know much about the intricacies of that story, just that it focuses on a game of romantic conquest gone wrong, where nothing is as it seems. At least that's what's written on the blurb that I have from them. Sounds like, uh, yes, another authorized Mark Hershon biography by that description. And they've already assembled quite a cast, including Tucker Smallwood, Sean Parker, Lily Holloman, and some other very cool folks. They're looking for donations, but unlike the guy I'm about to play a conversation with, they've decided not to do the Kickstarter thing this time around, but to run their own campaign through PayPal. So check out what perks you can get for helping out at theladykillersmovie.com. Hey gang, it's the tycoon of comedy, Michael Powell, from the Comedy Buffet, and you're listening to Succotash. Now available in Hirschtone. Groovy. Now next up is a short conversation I had this past week with filmmaker Michael Celestino. If you heard Epi 55, then you caught me playing him calling into the Succotash hotline and mentioning his documentary, That's Not Funny, which is in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign. But rather than tell you all about it myself, here's the chat I had via Skype with Michael last Monday. I am talking to Michael Celestino. That's me. uh, Michael has a project currently on Kickstarter and uh, and played a little blurb last week on the show that you uh, were kind enough to call into our Succotash hotline and leave a message about it. Uh, It's called That's Not Funny. And uh, why don't you tell us what it's about? Uh, That's Not Funny is is going to be a feature documentary about basically people getting offended by comedy, which is something that's been happening a lot over the last few years, I'd say more so, you know, it, it seems to be happening more and more often. And it's something that 
has always kind of irked me a little bit, especially the responses that uh, that it inspires in people, and and uh, you know, following through with the apologies and everything. Um, but I, I wanted to explore the whole history of um, offensive comedy, going all the way back to you know, like vaudeville and and uh, Charlie Chaplin and the Marx Brothers, and bring it up through you know Richard Pryor and George Carlin and Lenny Bruce and um, you know, talk about how those guys push the boundaries and, and why it seems like now more than ever people are reacting this way to things that people are saying in the context of a comedic performance. Yeah, we have a very uh, politically correct environment, much more so than I would have anticipated given how politically correct it was about, oh, I'm going to say 25, 30 years ago. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't even know if we've gotten more politically correct as a society, or if. I mean, my theory, based on the interviews that we've done already and the research that I've done, my theory is that the internet really changed the whole game um, because now comedy that is intended for a very niche audience is getting into the hands of people who it wasn't intended for, and that's causing uh, a reaction. Um, from people who, you know, maybe don't have as much as a sense of a, a sense of humor as you or I. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how uh, the genesis of this project. Now, are, you, you are a comedian. I have done comedy. I haven't done it in a while. I I did stand up for about a year in L.A. Um, and then I moved to New York for a bit and did it there. And then I studied. Uh, improv sketch at um ucb mm-hmm. for probably about a year and a half in new york and then i studied sketch a bit here but then i kind of drifted back into filmmaking which was my original passion so this is kind of a marriage of both the things that i love greatly what really kind of keyed you off as uh, far as making this a topic to cover well i, I came up with the idea um, probably late last summer, right after the Daniel Tosh rape thing went down at the Laugh Factory. I remember being at Comic Con and following the whole thing on Twitter, and just watching Pat Oswalt uh, defend Tosh and defend comedians' rights to kind of make fun of uh, topics that would be considered taboo. Um, and I just thought, you know, I think it's just such an interesting conversation to me. And I, I would say right off the bat that I'm not even really setting out to prove a point because this whole this whole conversation is admittedly subjective. There's no real right or wrong here. It's it's all people's opinions and they're all valid. I just think the conversation is really, really interesting and can sustain a feature, which is why I want to make one. Sure. And so, so by what you're saying is, uh, will the documentary try and reach a conclusion or is it just going to kind of lay out the argument for people to make their own conclusions? Uh, I am going to try to lay out as, as far as, as much as we can, everyone's opinion that we can get, uh, try bring it to a head. And, you know, I, like I said, I don't think either side is a hundred percent right about this. I tend to side more on the comedian's side, but I do see the points of the people who are opposed to comics talking about sensitive topics like that. Sure. Um, so I, I can't promise that we'll have a definitive conclusion at the end of the movie, but I do want to have the conversation, and I do want this to de- be the definitive record of this topic that has been coming up quite a bit over the last few years. To paraphrase Steve Allen, a lot of wars are fought between the good and the good. Everybody thinks they have a sense of humor. Very few people do. Comedy is as subjective as poetry. So many people are talking right now about what isn't okay to joke about. They couldn't get any traction with rap artists, so now they're going after comics. Comedy is the art of surprise. Surprise is achieved by shocking people. I don't think anything should be taboo or off-limits. I think everything can be made fun of. If it's funny, it's funny. I definitely want to try to get away with as much as I can, 
um, but only if I have something really good to say about it. I mean, I think it is hard to talk about what's offensive. You can pick any topic in the world, and if you talk about it in front of enough people, eventually somebody will be offended. There's always something um, that is the great taboo. You talk about race, for example. Pedophilia or religion. Monkeypox. Monkeypox is always good. Suicide, also hilarious. School shootings, uh, terrorist attacks. There's no bones about it. Hitler's a funny guy. Right now, as we sit here today, rape is the hot button issue. Rape is not an easy subject to deal with. Can rape be funny? No. Can making a joke about rape be funny? Yes, if it's funny. You could say it's just a joke, but it's at best insensitive. Some people demand that you not make a rape joke because there are people who were raped. No, if you can't make fun of this tragedy, you can make fun of no tragedy. And if you can't make fun of any tragedy, there's no comedy left in the world. Everybody's playing a big game of gotcha. Everybody's playing a big game of who, you know, what's the scandal we can either find or create out of nothing. It doesn't put a value on the idea. It just puts a penalty on the language. You know, a, a bad joke is not a hanging offense. If you got offended at it, it's not for you. It's not for you. It's like asking someone who's colorblind to appreciate a Matisse painting. There's something in us that's broken, that we're always pushing the boundaries. We are always going too far. You gotta have a real diseased mind to want to do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> that's not funny. That's not funny. What did you say? It's not funny. Well, you've got some uh, some great people already in your uh, little teaser trailer up on Kickstarter. People like Paul Provenza and Greg Proops, Kyle Kinane, Jackie Cation, Emery Emery. One reason I mentioned those f uh, five folks are is my listeners are familiar with them from clips I've played from podcasts. Sure. Uh, but you've got others, and you have quite a wish list of comics you hope to be able to interview. Sure. Yeah, well, it's funny because... Um, it, this whole thing started with me talking to my friend Paul, who's a working stand-up comic in L.A. He's kind of a local comic, but, you know, trying to make it big. And, and uh, he does a lot of shows at the Meltdown, um, Nerd Melt, I guess it's called, the Nerdist Theater over there. Mm -hmm. And he happened to know, he happened to have the email addresses of a couple guys, Kyle Kinane and Greg Proops. He put me in touch with them, and we managed to, we managed to get them for interviews. And... Uh, I just kind of got the ball rolling. You know, Greg Proops, I think, really enjoyed his interview, and he got us Paul Provenza. Paul Provenza hooked me up with a lot of great contacts that I haven't reached out to yet because, uh, like I say in the Kickstarter video, we ran out we ran out of money completely. But, yeah, uh, we do want to talk to a lot of people. We plan on there being probably 75 to 100 interviews total for this movie. Well, great. Well, let's get to the uh, let's get to the good stuff. You're uh, looking to reach fifty thousand dollars is your goal. Yes. Uh, as of this moment, as we're talking, you're at sixteen thousand ninety-one dollars. Uh, Three hundred two backers. You've gained two backers just in the time we've been talking to you. That's great. Uh, and there yeah. are thirty-one days left to go. Yeah, we had our first celebrity backer yesterday, and that was. It's um, Mike Krahulik. I don't believe I'm saying that correctly, but I'll try. Um, and that's uh, Gabe from Penny Arcade, who I reached out to on Twitter. He was kind enough to take a look. And I knew this was a topic that he was really passionate about because those guys had an incident where they made a rape joke in one of their comics and they got a lot of backlash about it. Um, so he was very passionate about uh, the Kickstarter. He he retweeted me on Twitter, and then this morning he put it up in a blog, po a blog post on Penny Arcade, and since then, the pledges have been pouring in, and, and I'm very, very grateful because my ultimate goal, my only real goal right now is to get this movie made, and, and we do need the money to do that. Well, I like to think that maybe he's your second celebrity contributor, uh, Mike. I mean, I, I've given you $50, and I am the host of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, so, That's very true. So I apologize. Maybe, I don't know if I can, if that counts or not, but uh, 
Sure, I I, I misspoke. Yes, <laughs> we will. Uh, we are going to uh, put a link right up on our uh, home blog site uh, to go with this episode. This will be on the very next episode that's going to drop this week, and uh, we will get some more folks pointing your direction. Thank you so much, and I apologize if I am out of sorts at all. I haven't slept in a very long time. <laughs> Mike, go grab yourself forty winks, and we will uh, we'll talk again as the campaign unwinds. And uh, as you get closer to your goal, I have a feeling you're going to hit it. Uh, love to talk to you again. Great, thank you so much, Mark. All right, thanks, Mike. Take care. All right, you too. Bye bye. So that was a week or so ago. As I record this, there are 24 days left to go, and the last count I saw was a wee over $20,000. Now, the goal is fifty grand, and as you know, with Kickstarter, it's all or nothing. So jump up there, look for That's Not Funny, or visit our home site, SuccotashShow.com, and click on the link to take you to his account on Kickstarter. This is uh, too good an idea for a documentary not to be made, so let's see if you can't help him out a little bit. We did. We kicked in 50 bucks. so what the heck? Uh, here is your look at the 10 most active in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast list. At 49 this week, the Dana Gould Hour, up 61 places. At 65, the Champs, down 15. At 67, Super Ego, up 49, which tells me they've got a new episode out. At 73, the Phil Hendry Podcast is down 17 points. 74, After Black is up 22 points, 22 places. I still, I think it's places now. I still haven't quite determined. At 78, The Naughty Show is down 15. At 84, here's a show I've not heard of before. Voss and Bonnie's My Wife Hates Me, up 28 places to get into the top 100. At 91, The Long Shot Podcast is up 16. At 93, Walking the Room, up 58 and uh, that's because I know that Greg Barrett has returned from uh, his little break he was taking. So uh, he and Dave Anthony are back together. So walking the room up 58 places. And at uh, 94, Comedy of the Week down 30 places. And that is it for your 10 most active in the Stitcher Top 100 comedy podcast list. But where are the clips I hear you yelling? Or imagine I hear you yelling. Why are you yelling? Everyone else thinks you're crazy. Or maybe it's just me who's crazy for imagining you care enough to be yelling, where are the clips? Either way, here they are. Our first clip is from friend Adam Harris, host of the Stand Up Chronicles podcast. I appeared as Adam's guest back in in February. And geez, you know what? I better set up a time to have Adam back on Succotash uh, just to sort of uh, even the even the flow. In the meantime, he sent along a clip of his chat with comedian Dave Coulier. Most people know Dave from the Full House TV series, but he has been doing stand-up for over 30 years and even appeared on The Tonight Show back when Johnny Carson was the host. Here's Dave recounting that lead-up to the, his experience while he was on the Stand-Up Chronicles. I always love hearing uh, Carson Tonight Show stories. What was your experience doing that? Well, I, I was uh, 24 years old when I did my first Tonight Show and Johnny hosted, and um, I at the time didn't feel I was ready. Jim McCauley, who was the talent booker back then, uh, came up to me one night at the improv and he said, Dave, you're really ready to do the show. I saw your set tonight and it was great. And I said, Jim, I'm really not ready. And he said, well, I think you are. And I, you know, got a call from my manager the next day, Brad Gray. And he said, I, I talked to Jim and Jim says, uh, he says, you're ready for the show. I think you should do it. I think you're ready too. (laughs) And I said, Brad, I'm not. I'm really not ready. I don't want to do it yet. And he goes, All right, okay. This chance might not come back again. And I said, Oh well, then that's okay. So um, I turned them down. I turned Jim down and thought, Man, I just made a horrible mistake. But he came back up to me the following week at the Improv. Uh huh. And I was I was having a bite to eat, and he walked out on the street. They used to have this kind of a cafe where the windows were open. And all of a sudden, he walks up, and I go, Hi, Jim. And he goes. I want you on the show Thursday. And that was on Friday night. Okay. And so I said, all right, you're right, you're right. And so I, uh, I had to sit down with Jim McCauley and restructure everything that I was doing at the time. And I was doing a lot of improvisational stuff and going off into characters and kind of riffing on musical weird stuff. And, and so I just I tried to structure my set. And Jim would say, you know, if you don't have a joke here, Johnny's going to start tapping his pencil and we don't want Johnny tapping his pencil. So I really took what I did 
at the time and tried to shoehorn it into a Tonight Show set. And I, I look back at it now as a tw- you know a twenty four year old. Sure. I was a kid, and I and I really I really think you know I should have even waited longer because what I saw as the final product was this twenty four year old guy who tried to put a Tonight Show set together, and it was it was premature. Yeah. Uh, so what is the time span between you originally saying no and then them coming back to you? That was a week. Uh, ju- oh, just it a was week. one week oh, later. Wow. Okay, it was one right. week I didn't later. know if it was six months or something like that. It was one week later, and uh, I did the show, and it was a huge, it was a huge thing at the time. That was the only show where a young comedian. Was being seen and you know, well and we're from, looking at what eighty three, eighty four. Was eighty four, eighty four, okay, eighty four. And I had I was hosting a series on Nickelodeon called Out of Control at the time, and so I was I was well versed with being in front of a camera and talking right into that lens. But the Tonight Show is a step way above yeah. cable. <laughs> Nickelodeon, <laughs> right? And so, um, and this is a time when not everybody's getting Nickelodeon. When it's no, a real small, you know, not a yeah. lot of people have cable at the time, right? Exactly. And so, um, you know, I I didn't turn a lot of heads with my first Tonight Show shot, and so I uh, toiled away, went back into the clubs, and and just kind of um, really went back to performing the way that I wanted to perform, and so. I knew that I was never going to be a, a, a Jerry Seinfeld or a Gary Shandling on The Tonight Show because that just isn't what I do well. I don't do it well at all. And so, um, you know, I, I went to acting school. I studied with Helen Hunt's father, Gordon, for a few years. Okay. And I really decided at that time, you know, what I'm doing on stage is leaning more towards acting. I want to act out as characters and I want to do little riffs that are stories that have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And so I really started to pursue acting and um, really got passionate about that. Now, the easiest way to find Adam Harris on the web is to just Google Stand-Up Chronicles. Now, if you want to torture yourself, you can type in http colon slash slash comedynerdinterviewscomedians.podbean.com. Seriously. Or make it super easy and just get up to iTunes or Stitcher Smart Radio and get yourself a gob full of... The Stand-Up Chronicles. The next clip is from a show over on Earwolf that's very popular, yet I'm only now getting around to playing a piece of it? I'm not sure why. Who Charted is hosted by Howard Kramer and Kulap Vilisak, who has just become my second favorite name in podcasting just behind the Illusionoids' Nugnar Gang. The two of them sound as if they could be alien ambassadors, Kulap Vilisak and Nugnar Gang. Maybe what caught my eye for this particular Epi 122 is that the guest on Who Charted is the very funny, very dry, very cool Matt Walsh, who I coincidentally had the opportunity to do some improv with a couple of years ago at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. He turns out to be a great guy. Lucky me. The show's main focus is to tell you what's hot and what's happening via various charts, movies, music, and more. In this clip, however, Matt and Howard exchange stories about getting scammed for pot and tickets. I had one bad experience. I actually, this is 10 years ago when I was there, tried to buy weed mm-hmm. back in the day, and uh, we got duped, and somebody gave us pressed yellow pages. They were just yellow oh, pages balled up like <laughs> b- like buds, you know? Right. So dumb. Wait, like uh, they maybe got them wet and let Got them wet, and then it was a dark alcove, you know, yeah. it was night, and I was nervous, and I wasn't really, ah, that, didn't I'm smoke not, that often. Have you so. ever heard of that scam before? I never, never. heard of that one. No, but I... I yeah, I, stupid. Because I got scammed in Washington Square Park in New York. I bought rabbit sure. food. It was like rabbit <laughs> food in a, like a nickel bag. So like um, greens? What does rabbit food look like? I think it was like the alfalfa. Maybe it was like the stuff they sit on, not the stuff they, not the pellets <laughs> that they eat. Okay, the bedding sort of? Yeah. yeah. Like it was like leafish. Not leafy, but leafish. I got taken once as a busboy in high school. This is early on in the... Sexually? No, no, from uh, a marijuana scam, uh, and the the Mexican guys who were working there at the time had access to it, and so we we got our money together, twenty bucks, which was a lot at the time, and then they basically just went to the kitchen and took like mint leaves, crumbled them up, and threw them in a bag, yeah, and gave them to us. But the awkward thing was like we worked with them for two more years. Like, <laughs> right. It's not like a guy in Washington Square Park where you'll never see him again. That's odd. It was really th- awkward. It's like, yeah, all right, you win. I guess you got twenty dollars. Yeah, it's just like one upsmanship. Yeah. Now I have your twenty, and you have to live with it. Yeah. 
I love the, those scams. I've been scammed a lot. I think we've talked about it already, so I won't go into it again. What do you mean? What other scams? The the video camera in the subway. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, got, real quick, a guy came up to me with a box just as the train's <laughs> pulling up. He has a you box. Buy a video camera? And it has a fo- it has the lens coming out of it, you know, and the whole thing. It just looks like some kind of wholesale video camera. Okay, twenty bucks, forty bucks, whatever it was. Train comes, he hops on the train. I rip open my new video camera. <laughs> it's an empty box full of newspapers. The lens was a Snapple bottle with with a lens cap taped on. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. I remember the Snapple bottle detail. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh. Empty Snapple. He didn't. Even, I didn't even get the Snapple. That's genius. Yeah. So that, and then I lost some tickets to some scalpers outside Madison Square Garden. They just kind of took them from me and walked down an alley, and that was it. That was it. Yeah. That was done. Um, so scams. I got. I bought tickets to the Garden once to see the Knicks outside on the street, and we walked in. And the minute we went in, the guy said these are fake, uh, and they wanted to pull us aside like we were trying. We didn't know, you know. We just. Right. And then we looked later, and they were just like photocopied on a color printer. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, so I've gotten taken a couple times. <laughs> it sucks to get taken. Yeah. Who Charted drops every week at Earwolf.com and also on iTunes. This is Narcissistic News. The only source of news you really need. And it's free. What's so great about it? Uh, us. us. Well, me. As narcissists and comedians living in L.A., the mecca of self-absorption, we are constantly finding new ways to make the news all about Us. us. Get a dose of news and narcissism every week with your favourite hosts, David Connolly and Casey Arnold. This has been a piece of shameless self-promotion for David Connolly and Casey Arnold. Narcissistic News is available on iTunes or at NarcissisticNews.com. Hi, this is Dana Carvey and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. I got to meet Jake Fogelnest, who hosts The Fogelnest Files, briefly last October at the first L.A. Podcast Festival when he was on a panel about podcasting technology. Nice guy, smart, connected, and he's also on the Earwolf Network. On a recent episode, he had senior editor of Video Gum, Gabe Delahaye, on to talk about many things internet, and my clip slicer landed on this exchange about a guy doing a YouTube review of the scorpion jacket uh, seen in the movie Drive. Uh, all right, another great film. This uh, we remember the movie Drive. Uh, yeah, it came out last year. What did you think of Drive? What'd you I think? liked Drive. I liked Drive too. I've watched it twice now. Does that make me a super fan? Uh, hey, <laughs> I, I, if you are a super fan, yeah. you get the Drive jacket. Okay, yeah. So they yeah, yeah. they market the the scorpion jacket that Ryan, which Gosling is incidentally my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it's jacket. it's it's kind of like a bummer. Like I remember yeah. like reading uh, blogs and stuff, and they're saying you can get the actual scorpion. Jacket. Jacket yeah, drive, and I'm that's like, a bummer. That's for nerds. Like, yeah. that's a straight up nerd. Anyway, I found a guy on the internet who had uh, gotten the drive jacket. Okay, and uh, he just sort of reviews it. Okay, so great. this is a review um, <laughs> of the drive jacket that okay. uh, kid has uploaded to YouTube. I hope it keeps him warm. This is a, he, he starts out with a little title sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great song. It is a great song. Yeah. The music in Drive is terrific, but it just says "Drive Jacket Review." Three exclamation points. Just to sir, you know, just uh, everyone has a video toaster. Hey guys, you wanted me to do a review of my drive jacket. Sounds like sex now. So, uh, I'm doing it right now. Basically, I'm just going to outline some um, cool things about the jacket and okay. I'll just talk about how it feels. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll uh, pause it for you. Yeah. First of all, the drive jacket is white satin. And right off the bat, we're looking at a black satin jacket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, okay, he, got, good, good. I think okay. he got the black one. All, automatically not the jacket from yeah, Drive. Automatically not the Drive jacket. First and foremost. <laughs> Very comfortable. Anyway, um, it's got a nice little tag here with the logo from Drive. Oh, that is clothing. nice. I got an XL, and uh, it's, I mean, it's not really tight, but it's, I don't know, it's not uncomfortable, but it's a tight fit. So, I a mean, tight fit. if you're a large in shirt size, order a large. I mean, don't go for a medium. <laughs> go for what you wear in t-shirt size. I just have to point out, Gabe, that this video is four minutes long. I'm yeah. going to fast forward yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit just because... So, so far, half of the review yeah. is just explaining to people how to shop for the right size of clothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh and then, and then I don't understand, uh, here, so now I'm gonna, here's the actual guy. Hey guys, here it is, when it's being worn, and, uh, this is it from the back, 
Wait, is that Sex Man? Pruane. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Sex Man. Is That's it, why he sounds like Sex who Man. Who is now? What is Sex Man? Because I know him from like this he guy makes several go, internet videos. He used to go by the name of Sex Man. He might have grown out of that. Yeah. And he used to post movie reviews, and he would just be like, "My jumper review," and then yeah, he would yeah. like <laughs> go on and on, and it always had a lot of swearing in it, and it was always just like. This movie should have been better. Like, that would be his <laughs> review. Like, his review would just be like, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson didn't even have any good quotes in it, and this movie should have been, that's how like, he, a lot better for me to watch. That's how he judges a movie's success. Yeah. Is, is if it has quotable Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. So and to him, became, Snakes on the Plane is the great, it's Citizen Kane. It's the greatest yeah, movie ever made. Because Samuel L. Jackson had a lot of good lines in it. But the best is his room. Like, just to describe his bedroom, he's got a, a Watchmen poster, mm-hmm. and then, is that... That's, that's Tupac. Tupac Shakur, that's for right? Sure, Tupac. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure a black and white poster of Tupac Shakur, and he's mo- he's now modeling the drive jacket, which is not, which is not white, the drive jacket. which is not the drive. It's- you can't even see the scorpion. He's yeah. now has his back turned to the camera, and you cannot see the scorpion. Yeah, no one, yeah. but I'm sure it definitely reflects in the sun and makes the jacket even look more shiny. It's it's a very comfortable jacket. <laughs> Tucking in your shirt before, um, you know, going out and wearing it, because... That's part of your review, is that you should tuck in your shirt before it's you put less, on your jacket? It's really less about, like, the uh, the quality of the jacket, more about just his his fashion tips and his tips for shopping online. The Fogelness Files is resting comfortably over on Earwolf.com, and they're also on iTunes. Now here's the latest in fashion from our friends at Henderson's. Well, friends, spring has sprung, which means it's time for you to jump into style. And what style has Henderson's pants got in store for you? How about a snappy pair of spring breakers? The trousers that just don't know when to quit. Literally. They're just the thing for those college students, be they he-men or co-eds, that are itching to spread their wings and their legs for an exciting furlough from dusty books and an even dustier sense of responsibility. Designed with fun in mind, Henderson Spring Breakers are casual enough to wear to the beach in Miami or dressy enough to sit down to dinner in Paris. The fabric is ultra-stain resistant, keeping liquor, blood, or even vomit from dashing your hopes at making a great impression. Even if the only people you're out to impress are those presiding at your arraignment hearing in Tijuana. What's more, spring breakers are unisex, which means you can wear them no matter who you might be having sex with. Men, women, assorted barnyard animals, even power tools. These pants don't care who or what you end up hooking up with, or where for that matter. Originally designed for Fat Tuesday, Bacchus, the Roman party god, and the Red Hour. Henderson Spring Breakers are available wherever young people like to get face down in their own spew. That's Henderson's, makers of fine ass gaskets and crotch covers since 1903. And now back to Suckatan. The first thing out of the tweet sack this week is an email that came out of a tweet from our pal Eric Furness, co-host of the From Out of Nowhere podcast. When he's not talking about music, entertainment, and comedy over on Foon, he's got a real live day job like most of us podcast grunts, and his company has a book club. Here's his note. Hiya, Mark. My director has approved I Hate People for our management book club selection. Now, for those who don't know, I Hate People is the business book I co-wrote a couple of years ago uh, with Jonathan Littman, all about how to deal with the idiots and morons on your workplace. Eric goes on. My director was curious if I could have the book shipped to you so that you could personally autograph them for our management team. Is it something you'd be interested in? I just need a shipping address, blah, 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 blah. Once you're finished putting your personal touch on them, uh, we'll gladly pay to have them shipped back to us here in Ohio. Hope all is well with you. We'll be producing regular episodes of Foon shortly. Hopefully we'll have something succotash worthy. Thank you, Eric. Well, thank you. Eric, and of course, I'll be more than happy to autograph those. Uh, there's, uh, I think he's sending along 19 copies. I'll also have my co-author, John Littman, sign those as well. And to any other listeners who might be interested in I Hate People, uh, there's, of course, a link at uh, com. If you scroll all the way down on the right-hand side, you'll see our, uh, our window into Amazon.com. And while you can buy anything you want from Amazon through our window, you can also go in there and get uh, yourself a copy of I Hate People, which happens to be on sale right now for just 8 bucks for the hard copy. So what the heck? Uh, if you want to get yourself a copy of I Hate People, I will do the same thing I'm doing with Eric. You can send it along to me. 
and I will uh, sign it and send it back to you. Just that easy. Uh, if you pay for the postage, I mean, come on, what is this? <laughs> a charity. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, ben Capraro from the uh, Idiot Nerd Podcast with Jimmy Caron uh, told us in a direct message, quote, we just recorded a show with former SNL writer and 30 Rock actor John Lutz. He said that Trump was hands down the worst person to ever host SNL. So there, you heard it here second. Oh, and Ben, we will clip the Improv Nerd soon. Next episode, if I can just remember to do it. Now, other than that, the very nice note from Eric and a bunch of tweets and shout-outs. Not a whole lot of action in the tweet sack this week. Here's a rundown of folks that made nice mentions of Succotash in the past days since our last episode. Tyson Saner, the D-Head Factor, Don't Quit Your Day Cast, Mark Bland, Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment Radio, John Calm. John Cullum, I should know that, he's a friend of mine, Robin Joe, WFO Dix, Funky Fresh, Three Pleasant Gentlemen, Bob Duvet, Turn Reno, that's Turk Reno, Downtown B&B, The Angry Ginger, Jagged Podcasts, The Rigid Fists, and a bunch of others I probably missed. Thanks. And now here's the list of those listeners who thought enough of Succotash to kick in a few bucks into our PayPal account by clicking the donate button right on the SuccotashShow.com website. Thanks so much. Next up, we have a couple of sketches from podcasts. Yeah, sketches. Sometimes it's not just guys sitting around talking. And we're going to start off with something I'll just call the doctor sketch with Jeffrey Welchman from the Inverse Delirium podcast. We check up on the state of checkups by taking our handy-dandy digital recorder to record a random visit to a random doctor's office. Ah, you must be Mr. Patent. Patient. Patient. Pa- a patient. Yes, I had a mental typo there. Yes, it happens all the Now, since this is your first visit, I have a series of questions to ask to get a little bit of your medical history. It's a perfectly standard AMA-certified series of questions, and of course, your answers are completely confidential, okay? Sure. Any allergies to medication? No. Any history of high blood pressure? No. Okay, and uh, do you smoke? No... Okay. Uh, actually, yes. You do smoke. Well, see, the thing is... It's all right, Mr. Pageant. You don't have to be embarrassed. I'll just remind you that this is a medical office, and by law, our records are completely confidential. What you say here does not leave this office, okay? Okay. It's just, I mean, if my job found out, they might... Yes, I, I realize this can be a sensitive issue, but you don't have to worry about anybody hearing it from us. <sighs> Got it. So, let's try that again. Smoke? Yes, but not cigarettes. So, marijuana? Yes. Fine. There you go. I put a little check right here in this little box, and that's it. Listen, thank you for being so cool about this. Ingested, too? What? Your intake of the pot. What forms did it take? Did you ingest it? Oh, no. Just smoke. Right. Just another little check here, and on to the next thing. Okay. Although, have you ever ingested it, like in a brownie, for instance? No. Oh, you should. Those are great. In fact, uh, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but my brother-in-law gave me a joint a couple of weeks ago. Uh, oh? And I hadn't had one in <laughs> a while, let's say. Uh-huh. So he introduced me to the dealer. He what? Oh, a-, a dealer is somebody you buy pot from. Is that right? And so I bought some to give to my daughter. To your what? Let me tell you, she does not have the common sense the good Lord gave to a fiddler crab. And she's gotten in trouble for drugs, so I figure if I gave her a little bit, then she's not out on the streets with any of those tire-iron-wielding losers, you know. Uh, no. Any interest in cocaine? What? For the form. Oh, no. I heard it was making a comeback. I wouldn't know. Remember, it's okay. Confidential. No, really. I would tell you if I... Wanted some cocaine? What? You want some coke? I've got some right here. You what? In the fridge. <laughs> Kidding. I can't believe you fell for that. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Yeah, I mean, you really sounded like... Although they say that medical cocaine is at least 50% purer than anything you can get on the streets. Uh, oh... But you didn't hear it from me. Wink, wink. Uh, Next. Heroin? No. Angel dust? No. Meth? No. 
Oxycodone? Never. Airplane glue? No. Ecstasy? No. No. Hmm. Banana peel? What? You're kidding again, right? Oh, you'd be surprised. Uh, great. So, uh, just the pot then? Yes, sir. Yes, well, uh. Oh, wait. Did I ask about crack? No, you didn't. And no, I don't. Fine. And alcohol? No. No? Yeah, no. Really? That is interesting. Alcohol? Why? That's legal. Oh, I know it's legal. Believe me, I know all about the legality issue vis a vis blood alcohol percentages and testing in this state. You wouldn't believe the red tape involved when you have a medical license. Listen, are we ever going to get to my toe? Yes, yes. J just one more question. Are you pregnant? How could that possibly happen? Well, you see, Timmy, it's like you see here in this film strip. When a man and a woman love each other very much, the man takes his seed, rolls it in batter, and tosses it into the hot frying pan. The woman, helplessly drawn to the stove as she is, makes use of her prehensile ears to add salt, to taste, and then takes a long nap in the pantry. Do you understand now, Timmy? Okay, yes, I am pregnant. That sketch featured Nathan Sterner as Mr. Patient and Aaron Henkin as the doctor. Incidentally, Lewis Black appears on Epi 61 of the Inverse Delirium podcast, so there's always a lot to check out over there on their home site, inversedelirium.com. You can also find Jeffrey's shows on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio as well. This next sketch is from the Wrong Foot podcast, and it must be from Epi 91, their baseball episode, as you'll find out. This is good stuff, and I'm not sure who in the cast is doing the characters here, but to give the, all the folks at Wrongfoot Podcast their due, here's their cast list. Weston Prescott, Janice Del Dubio, Ray Hemmerly, Gail Wavenly, Antonio Belia, S.M. Rombarowitz, Lauren Schofeld, Jean Dale, Richard A. Goldberg, and Lind Lydia Linda Lorna. Oh, and also Pierre. Oh, boy. V. Willem Weir. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, it's the Wrong Foot Podcast, and here's a taste. Hello? You watching a game? It's what? me. You watching a game? No, I was Turn sleeping. it on. Just turn it on. Why? Now? No, tomorrow. Turn it on. Hurry up. What's going turn on? Turn it on. You'll see. Look, I, I gotta get up early tomorrow. I promise it'll be worth it. Which game? The Mets. I hate the Just Mets. turn it on. Why? You'll see. Just I'll turn see it on. Why? Hurry. Why? It's, 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 it's gotta be almost over. Just turn it on. Okay. Hold on. <sighs> All right. Uh, it takes a minute to get going here. All right. All right, it's on. See me? What? Do you see me? Where are you? I'm at the game. Where are you sitting? Behind home plate. How'd you get those tickets? I moved down after the eighth inning. They let you move down? I thought they don't let you I do that I gave the guy anymore. ten bucks. So where are you? I'm just to the right of home plate. My right? What do you mean, your right? On the screen. If there's a righty up. There's a lefty up. So you should be able to see me. Where are you? I'm the guy with the cell phone. Everyone's got a cell phone. I'm the one waving. Everyone with a cell phone is waving. I'm the guy without the shirt. I see 15 guys without shirts. Wait. See me? No, uh, there's also one girl without a shirt. I'm the guy with the NY logo on his chest. There are eight guys with NY logos on their chest. The girl's got... Uh, I can't tell what that is. Oh, uh, I know what that is. What girl? You don't see her? She's right in that section. Are you sure that's a girl? Maybe it's a guy. I don't I don't have a I'm standing up. See me? I'm jumping. Up and there down. Are four guys jumping up and down. Up. I'm jumping up and down. Are you next to the guy with the shaved head or behind him? What guy with Jump the shaved head? Jump up and down head? again. See me? I you see think me? so. You have a beer in your other no. hand? I just have my phone. No. Are you looking on the right side? Are you near the guy in a suit who's next to a lady wearing a red sweater? Tell me when they have a shot of the batter. I'm going to well, sit down they got a shot and of the jump up and now. give a thumbs up sign. Okay. See me? No, no, they're not showing the batter. I said okay to confirm. Oh, there we go. Yes. Okay, see me? Maybe. I'm not sure. Wait. What? 
That is a guy, not a girl. But you see me. I think All so. Right, I'm going to run on the field. What? Don't do that. Hey, hey. I'm the guy who's hey, going to run on the hey, field. Hey, hey. It's wait, too late. Wait, wait. I'm going. Oh, I'm man. Going. This is terrible. This is terrible. I've been watching the Yankee game. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, here we go. Here's the Mets. Okay. Here we go. Oh, there you are. I see you now. I see And we have to wait until they drag this idiot off the field. You can get off on the wrong foot every week at wrongfoot.net, iTunes, and Stitcher. Now, from Fresno, California, comes the Dorktown podcast. These guys talk about a lot of stuff and have their own top 25 podcasts. Uh, not their own. Tw- oh. They have a list of their top 25 in podcasting on their home site. That was clearer. Uh, it's a rating that changes every month, and I'm happy to see us sitting at number five on their top 25 ratings for March. So thanks, Bells, Mikey, and producer Becky. Here's a slice off of a recent episode where the trio debates what's better, keg stands or beer bongs. You be the judge. You're you've been challenged for a keg standoff. I have. Which okay, so the reason why I've never done it is because I know I'll just like come up and throw it up. That's the reason why I'm not into keg stands. Oh, you wouldn't. I'll try. You'd be surprised. But we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it not this week, but next week when we have more friends here to hold me up while you take the picture. Because we were planning Zora is Bells and I were planning the logistics of it next weekend. And yes, and we were thinking it. that. But I was like, who's going to take the picture? Fernicant, so. it's a challenge to Fernicast. Oh, she'll do it. Man, she'll oh yeah, it. she'll do it. She's down for I'm that. the one who's like horrified to do it, not her. Horrified. Not mm, horrified, just it's not, not so really bad. excited. It's kind of like getting a shot or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just get this over with. Keg stand. Keg stand. I don't know what's worse, a keg stand or a beer bong. Hmm. Ooh, that's ooh, that's there you go. That's a good or game right yeah. there. Keg stand or beer bong? I think I've I think a beer bong. I think I do a keg stand before that because a beer bong, you because uh, a keg stand you have do have some control over when you end it. Yeah, because you can a keg stand you can just wave it off like all right that's enough and people will usually put you down, but a beer bong. You can't really wave that off. It's once it's in motion, yep. it's happening, and it's coming down. And somebody's got to deal with that beer. That's I've done. It, I've, I've done beer bongs where I've done like three in a row, and on the third one, I've had so much beer. Oh my god! Ingested in, in me at one time that what it literally hell? came right back out. Just beer poured out of me. <laughs> yeah, it was I wasn't like, throwing up. It was just beer was, was coming like, out. You're of completely me. full of liquid. Yeah. <laughs> completely full of liquid you we have nowhere else to put it oh <laughs> three in a row holy shit i remember the first time and i think the only time i did a, a beer beer bong was i i was it was i was one of the most drunkest i've ever been after that <laughs> i believe it and yes so it's turned into an asian with jaundice yeah yeah it was just not good. So I don't think anything good has ever come out of beer bonging. A series of beer bongs. Nothing positive happens after that. Yeah. I think I can agree with you there. <laughs> I was trying to see the origin of the keg stand because. Oh um, yes, go ahead. I want to hear. McShane was talking about uh-huh. how Fresno is the origin as a joke, so I was going to try and find out. But does anybody know he the said, origin? He said, that, he said that he made a joke that I thought Fresno was the capital of keg stands. Yeah, exactly. Which may be. I don't know. Oh, capital. Okay. But I wonder where it came from. So if any of our listeners know. Or I thought know, they came from cap- Paul, came from Maybe it was that. Was it Tweet that? us. Tweet us. <laughs> I know the origins of the keg stand. Please. I think, when a, I think the origin is wherever the first keg was made... There you go. Somebody was like, I think you could stand on this. I have drink. a great idea, fellas. Look, <laughs> check this out. Somebody grab my feet. Somebody, Somebody grab, grab my feet. My feet. Stick, <laughs> now, sti- now stick that nozzle in my face. Put that nozzle in my mouth. I think lift you're wrong. me up. You can park anywhere you can find a space over at dorktownpodcast.com. They are also on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and on YouTube as well. This is Kat Sons from the Strange Times podcast. Uh, you can find us at strangetimesshow.com 
and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast, podcast about podcasting, about comedy, or some other shit like that. Oh, God, what have I done with my life? Dan and Mandy are a brother and sister duo that host the Fernicast out of, I think, Wyoming, and they have their dad on their episode I clipped as their guest, which turns out to be pretty funny, especially when he jumps into the mix as one of their in one of their regular features called Karaoke Rap. Okay, so we want to move into everybody's favorite segment, or not everybody's, mine. Uh, mine this too. Is, we, we, this is Rap Karaoke, and um, I'm not sure who submitted this. So this is... Uh, Rap music is not really your thing, right, Dad? Yeah, not at all. But it's crazy because he's really good at it, at least the first time. We're going to see now. I've heard that, but I don't understand well, it at all. Here we go. Um, we're going to give you one more chance to see, just to make sure it sticks. Okay? Let's, uh, I would like to, it's a very fast song, very fast song, but the beginning of it, every, it'll all be worth it. It'll, it'll Even if great. only the beginning. He's limbering up his face right now, <laughs> doing exercises. Here we go. All right. This is a Chamillionaire. 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 Yeah. So much I know about it. Chamillionaire. Riding dirty. I like Chamillionaire, too. <laughs> Clean rap. You have the right to remain silent. What the hell is this? It's just the beginning. They see me rolling. They hate me. Patrolling, they trying to catch me riding. 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 Dirty. Trying to catch me riding. Music so loud, I'm swagging. They hoping they got catch me riding. Trying to catch me riding. Trying to catch me riding. I'm not saying dirty. Dirty. My shine on the deck, the TV screen. Riding with who? Next to the PlayStation controller. Full clip, turn something into a coma. It's way fast. Lawns, mowing lawns. Turn all the way We packing something that we have to... Uh, music loud, tip it slow, twist and twist and like get this dough, pull up the behind me. Oh my goodness. This play kills so much. Oh, they see me rolling. They patrolling, trying to catch me riding. 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 And riding. And riding. And with the loud music swagging. And they hope that riding and riding and riding and riding. I had a lot of riding when I was a kid. Horseback. And drinking, smoking, and oh, and got home for clothes, whatever that is. Sipping on Hennessy, the gym. I got a revolver in my right hand, 40 ounce something, and oh boy, that was good at all. I gotta go back to the street, wanted by the sixth town. Well, cops, hope the cops don't see me with no regard to the law. We dodge him, and I won't say that. And uh, keep a gun in the car, blunt Oh, they see me rolling. And here we go riding again and riding again and riding again. And why don't this guy get a job? My music's so loud. I'm swagging. They hoping they ain't gonna catch me riding and riding and riding. And he's probably driving a low rider. Right. <laughs> what do you think? Turn up a blink of light. Uh, with plenty of drinking, so. And they will catch me on the wrong side. Uh, Houston, Texas. Pull me over. Uh, glove department. Uh, yeah, hmm. I think I've lost it. Now, how can you not want to get more of that? They're at Fernacast. F-I-R-N-E-C-A-S-T dot blogspot dot com. You can also find them on iTunes. The three hosts of the double special show, Chris George's 
Jordan Lee and Tiffany Barbie call it a weekly comedy radio show, but it seems like a podcast to me. Out of Tampa Bay, Florida, they have call-in guests, they snipe at pop culture, and also go after those weird news stories. <laughs> Punks in England are now protected by hate crime laws. Yeah! And goss. And- Chicken. Punks are protected by... Yes, Greater Manchester Police is believed to be the first force to add abuse towards groups such as goths, emos, and punks in the same way they do attacks based on race, religion, disability, sexual orientation. Okay, when did punks start getting, like, uh, beat up and... and When was that a thing? I I don't know. It was a reversal, right? Probably by the tap-out dudes. (laughs) What's the... the, Somebody somebody from England tell us what a tap-out equivalent is in there. I don't know. (laughs) Tap-out. No, they still have... uh, Tap out. They still have all oh, those really? MMA guys. And you have to deal with that too. Chavs. Chavs. That's it. Chavs. That's Chavs. tap out in America. Is it tap out? Chavs. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> they were Burberry. <laughs> oh I might God. be a little bit out of date on that, but maybe I don't know. a little bit. So Chavs. yeah, I mean, I don't know. What are the other groups? Emos. I could see that though. The emos. emos. Are, oh God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, they get picked on all through high school anyway. Yeah, I was and, very close and, to becoming an emo had and, I not uh, found punk rock music. Yeah, the yeah, castle's God. finally safe. It's like we can leave the castle now. The castle being a goth we can lover. do our we can do our stand in place and twist slowly dance anywhere now. <laughs> We're protected. Marty was like, "I can finally go to England. Yeah. We can do that bucket list trip. Let's do it, honey. Let's get say. the cassock. Get my vinyl cassock out. I'm protected now." Uh, yeah, I don't know. I never got really picked on. I hate crime though. I mean, you know, look, certain groups are going to be. Mm-hmm. It's not like the punks have a great history either. Of like respecting other groups' rights, right? I'm I'm, I'm not going on a limb yeah. here, but you know, you yeah, know. But nowadays, it's just like dumb kids who like yeah. are uncool, right? Like, really, Saw Sid and Nancy. Yeah, it's like punk. It's it's like come on, it's like being a Civil War reenactor at this point <laughs> when you, when you start being like a punk. Oh, punk rock, ah, right. yeah. Sex Pistols, man. Yeah. yeah, I need some safety pins for my costume. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> have fun at the Renaissance Fair, punky. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go oh see a Sex Pistols reenactor and eat turkey legs. Om om. <laughs> Too much. Dude. The punk affair. Tiffany, you ever been a punk? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I think. I, I'm sorry. What would you even? I don't know. Uh, maybe it was a Christmas party she did. That's gonna. We're gonna get to that. That's a question. I liked Punky Brewster when I was little. <clears throat> but what about? <clears throat> do you ever do like uh, punk rock hair or do no. any new wave thing or go to a theme party in any way? Disco night? Anything at all? Well, disco, but yeah. what would that be, punk? It's it's not about being punk. It's about dressing up and doing something. I've dressed up. You've dressed up before? In what? Well, I was a Ghostbuster. Oh, I've heard oh, that story God. before. <laughs> Get yourself a double helping over at the doublespecial.podomatic.com website. They're on iTunes. They're also on Stitcher Smart Radio. Same as Suckatash. Yes, we're also on Stitcher Smart Radio. You can find us there. We're on iTunes, too, but... Isn't everybody on iTunes at this point? I think so. That's going to do it for our clips. Uh, our last bit of business is our Burst O'Durst. Now, Will Durst technically is off this week. He's working on his new one-man show that's about to open in San Francisco. But because of our technical difficulties this past week, we never got a chance to play his baseball rant from the opening of the season that he cut last week. So here you go with our Burst O'Durst. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words about baseball's opening day. Forget the robin, the first ball thrown in anger is the true harbinger of spring, and calendar alarm for the lazy discard of the encumbrances of winter. Pull out the windbreaker and ditch the parka. Stash the boots and burn the long underwear. Trust me. The light has returned and summer is on its way. We're back to zero, when every team has the same theoretic chance to win it all. Not even the Cubbies have been mathematically eliminated yet. The Astros, maybe. And that's another of baseball's appeals. The long haul. 162 games, 8 months considering practice and playoffs. Plenty of time for a plethora of spectacular comebacks, mythic stumbles, heroic efforts, and the occasional ball bouncing off a head over the fence. It's America's pastime, not America's surgical strike. Also, it's played by normal humans. Not augmented in their outline by armor plating, nor are they freaks of nature towering above the populace like redwoods in a forest of willows. You can see baseball players on the street and mistake them for plumbers or lawyers or corporate event planners. Very buff plumbers and lawyers and corporate event planners with forearms the size of telephone poles, but still... 
And yeah, they make fabulous money, but they're blue-collar workers at heart. It's a team game of incredible individual focus. Golfers demand absolute quiet approaching a teed ball with a metal club. But in baseball, the batter is assaulted by shouts and jeers and the organized heckling of tiered multitudes while trying to swing a wooden bat at a sphere approaching 100 miles per hour thrown not too distant from the vicinity of his head. You can smell it in the air. The roasting of the dogs on an open grill. The toasting of the fans in the center field bleachers. That odd, pungent odor emanating from the men's room. Baseball is back, and all is right with the world. For Succotash, I'm Will Durst saying, Play ball! Get more laughs at willdurst.com. Also read his tweets, at Will Durst, on Twitter. So there it is, episode 56. Late coming here. Hope uh, hope you liked it. I didn't. I wasn't sure we were going to make it. Yet here we are to tell our grandchildren, our grandchildren's grandchildren, all about it. Well, at least somebody play them the sound files, okay? You know, if there's a favorite comedy podcast that you listen to but haven't heard us feature on the show, please be sure to drop me a line at mark m a r c at succotashshow dot com. You can also call into our Succotash hotline and leave us a message. That number is area code eight one eight nine two one seven two one two. Uh, if you are a podcaster, you can actually call that hotline, uh, identify yourself, and leave an ID, as you've heard us play on the show before. So just uh, tell us who you are, what the name of your show is, and then remember to say, you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Also, if you're a uh, comedy podcaster and would like us to feature a clip from your show, you can send us a three- to five-minute MP3 clip and just shoot it along to clips at SuckatashShow.com. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, thumbs up us on Stitcher, and retweet us at Succotash Show. Thank you for being you. We're happy that you like us being us. Now get out of here and pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes and even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. It's the little things by far. Hi, I'm Chef Scott here at the Harris Teeter Kitchen, and today I'm going to show you a delicious way to prepare shrimp. Take a saute pan and put it on some heat, medium high. We're going to add some butter to our pan. Generous amount. Okay, we're gonna add some uh, yellow sweet onions. We've got some uh, white corn here. We've got yellow actually next. Got some zucchini. You can use yellow squash as well, straight back. And then some sweet red bell pepper. Give these a little toss. You can season them with a little salt and pepper. These only have to cook for just a, just a few minutes, not long at all. Okay, we're going to toss our shrimp in. These are uh, 1620s that we got at the Here's Teeter's Fisherman's Market. We'll just cook these until they turn a little opaque or pink in color. Touch more salt to that just for the seafood in you. More pepper. We're going to add a little brown sugar. Mm -hmm. 
this little turn. You could use scallops or um, fish. You could even incorporate chicken if you had to. But right there. And up here. We'll add a touch more butter to this just to form our sauce. We're going to take the shrimp out, place these, try to form them all in the same direction. Spoon, a little bit of your mixture in the center here. Okay, here you have it. This is our shrimp succotash. I'm Chef Scott at the Harris Theater Kitchen, and remember, just have fun. There's no place I'd rather be My Harris Teeter <laughs> That's horrible.